whenever you're ready. All right. My name is Steve Westcott from Needles Square, and you're listening to As the Story Grows. That was bad. <laughs> My chapter of As the Story Grows. My chapter. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do this. I'm good at this. My name's Steve Westcott from Needles Square, and you're listening to my chapter of As the Story Grows. Like a boss. All right, good. <laughs> what would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Being realistic. As the story grows. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. Back to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name's Trav. How's everybody been? Yeah, I took a week off. Get off my back. I'm just kidding. No big deal. Need a little vacation. I got a lot to talk to you guys about. This is going to be a long intro, so get comfortable. First things first, got to talk about patronage. I'm going to... Hang on. Let me get my page up here. I'm going to shoot through everybody that's been donating. Special thanks. Jerry. Frank, Chris, Jacob, Ben, Pet Cow, Jeremiah, Arthur, Toomey, Snark, Snarky Baby, Brad Barber, Eric Shred, Brett, and Mr. Jay Donito. We've been joined by Josh Spencer, and he pushed us over the edge. We hit our goal for $60 a month. It means a lot, man. $60 a month is no joke, and... Now, it's official. You guys are going to make me constantly work on cover songs. I have things in the works, and everyone who's been contributing through Patreon knows what I'm talking about. Wink, wink. Private stuff. But I think you're all going to like what's coming up. I want to thank everybody for helping out. We had a one-time donation, too. Let, let's not forget that if you go to the AsTheStoryGrows.com page, there's a dollar sign on there. If you want to just throw money at me one time rather than every month, uh, I accept. So I got my first one. Brian, I'm going to go with Kluz, K-L-U-Z. That's a unique last name. Clues, Kluz, whatever, Brian. Um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
Oh, we got something else going on here. Got to mention to you. <laughs> Pull up my Bandcamp app because I can't pronounce the name of his band. Domestic one. I'm going to go with domestic one. I don't know, man, but it's Pet Cow. The guy that is in charge of the hashtag Metal Bandcamp Gift Club Twitter account, when you get an alert through the Twitter account that it's somebody's birthday, that's Pet Cow sitting up in Canada making everybody aware of it. Dude works really hard. Let's take a moment and talk about John Pet Cow. If you like X-Files, he has a podcast where he and his exhausted wife put their kid to bed and then sit down and and watch the X-Files and then do like a dialogue podcast about it. I've never seen one episode of the X-Files. This podcast makes no sense to me, but him and his wife Heather are hilarious if you'd like to check it out. Secondly, he does Metal Minute with Skull, uh, with Skull W from Seth Toaster. Jesus, I'm so tired. You knew who I meant. Um, good stuff. Very funny. Very quick. Get it over with. Laugh about it. Hang it up. Seth just turned into a dragon recently. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Thirdly, he's got Respectably Loud. I, I love Respectably Loud. He actually sits down and talks to musicians about all everything from like he's had metal people all the way to talking about like video game soundtracks and stuff like that. Good stuff. He's a busy dude. He just made his own solo debut album. And I think it's Domestic <laughs> I can't pronounce it. But it's on Bandcamp, and it's rad for somebody who I didn't even think played guitar. This guy did some pretty good work. He's got Evan Petcow playing bass. Uh, that's his brother. And then um, 
Bjorn Bauer, one of our former guests, did the artwork for it. And the art's amazing. Bjorn is... Bjorn is... I love what Bjorn does. I have Bjorn's stuff hanging on my wall. I, I really dig it. It's just so cool to watch how this 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 family just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We're all the way up in Canada. We're all the way down in Oklahoma City with Bjorn. I want you to check it out. I'm going to have the link to go listen to Pet Cow's solo project, Domesticwam, in notes. Check it out. So what else has been going on? Recently, hey, you know what? I had a really, really good night uh, a couple weeks Last week, actually, I went to see uh, Meg, Megan, and her band Couch Slut, and they opened, uh, they headlined, and Tile opened for them. So, my guest Meg Astrositz, uh, her band played, and my other guest Ray Gers, his band played. It was really cool. Uh, I saw the folks from Voix Voix, it's a local band that I'm kind of fallen for, and they said that they'd be coming on the show. And uh, took ourselves a picture with some friends of ours and uh, got to meet uh, Clouds Collide. And man, just absolutely, it was like a Twitter hangout right here in Bethlehem. Very cool. Oh, Jared from Secret Cutter was there. Secret Cutter was a guest too. So we had ourselves a good night, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Music Fest just blew through here too. And I got to I got to go see Black Map. They opened up for Chevelle and Bush. Yeah. But I love Black Map, and I want to thank Bill Meese, another guest of the podcast, that helped get me into that show. This has been good, man. This podcast has been, I've been riding this wave for a while. It's going going pretty well. Getting a lot of feedback from the Garza conversation, including one, Mark Garza. Had a good conversation with him about it. He said he really appreciates how honest that it was and, and, and really loved how it went and uh just offered me a lot of encouragement as far as like, I really appreciate what you're doing. Keep going, keep doing it. Everybody else is asking me like, what kind of drumsticks do you use? Wow, you're really fast at blast beats. <laughs> and he said, uh, it was really nice to have like an honest conversation. So thanks for everybody who supported it. Okay, we have some important stuff to cover here. Everybody get your wallets out. And it's not for me, but it just so happens that it, some very charitable things have come up. I'm sure everybody who has uh, the internet or a phone or a television has heard what's going on in Louisiana. Well, we have a mutual Twitter friend named Becky O, who is making a, a concentrated effort to try to help some people. They got themselves a situation down there where, yeah, sending money is cool, but there's nothing to buy. Everything got flooded. Uh, they need supplies. So I'm going to have some information on who you can DM if you'd like to help out or if you happen to be near Louisiana to make it easier to ship things in. I'm not even exactly sure how this is all going to work because it'll cost 10 times as much as the blanket is worth to mail somebody a blanket, but they want your help. Um, these are our folks and we got, we got some bad shit going on in Louisiana and they need some help. So all this information is going to be in the show notes. You're going to know who you can DM. Uh, you're going to know who you can contact. Man, if you don't have Twitter, sign up for Twitter <laughs> and get a hold of uh, and get a hold of, of Becky and, uh, and all the other addresses that we'll have on there. Um, we're doing like a hashtag flood relief thing. Just trying to help out. Secondly, my guest today, Steve Westcott, this is about, uh, this is probably one of the more emotional 
talks that I've had. Uh, Steve got me, as the kids say, feeling the feels. Um, this nutbag is walking across the United States of America, needle to square, space needle on the West Coast to Times Square on the East Coast. And he's trying to raise money to help kids in Africa. His friend started a, a relief project um, for kids in for kids in Kenya, and and he needs um, he needs support. There's going to be a link in show notes for the Needle to Square site. If this story touches you in any way, and there's any way that you think you can help, they do need money. Um, it's 36 kids in Africa that could use your help. I'm not one to make anything public or anything, but I will absolutely be sending the Patreon money that I make for this month. That will be going to this cause. Um, these kids need it more than I do. And I hope that uh, I hope that listening to Steve for the next hour and a half or so touches your heart and makes you laugh and makes you well up a little bit and makes you consider how good you have it. Um, this was tough to listen to and it was really easy to laugh all the way through it um, kind of have a crazy goat theme going <laughs> coming into this intro you heard goat from Shudder to Think I just thought that would make sense since he mentioned that he was in the DC area Shudder to Think DC Discord if you don't get all that then I feel sorry for you But and coming out of this we're listening to Night Goat from the Melvins and uh this was a good one this one touched my heart sorry for the long intro but i took a week off the week before that i didn't say much during the hidden hospitals episode so i had some stuff to catch up with you but let's get to it man listen to a little bit more melvin's here and then we'll flip it over to steve Oh, hey, so nice to meet you. Hey, just for the record, your guys' little blog or uh, podcast that I heard that you did with um, Scott was tremendously yeah. accurate. I mean, it was really like, because I mean, I know that he didn't, he's getting his information from his wife. And, you know, I briefly talked to them on the side of the road and I was just like, Man, that is so amazing how accurate. I, I No joke, I do like full-scale news. Reporters come out and talk to me, and they're not even half as accurate as you guys were with the story. So that was I was really impressed by the credibility that and, and just accuracy of reporting the story that Scott did. It was just shocking. Well, that's because um, here it as the story grows, Steve. I have a I have tremendous amount of financial backing, and I have a fact checking team. And we go out, and uh, I have about fifteen, sixteen people that are always running around, um, you know, calling, getting information, making sure that things are accurate. No, that's total bullshit. That's uh, Scott just uh, told me that he was. Um, kind of in love with the story of what you were into and he said his wife was tracking you yeah which sounds weird i mean out of context (laughs) his wife was stalking you online and um and they were kind of like oh my goodness this is crazy you actually have the day off and steve is like five minutes from our house yeah 
Yeah. And Scott was like, so I was like, so what do we do? Drive up and down a highway till we find a guy with a goat. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, I guess if we're on the right road, he shouldn't be hard to spot. And he was like, dude, I was in the car for five minutes. And I was like, there he is. Yeah. So turned around and yeah. came back and talked to you. And then he called me and he was like, you're not going to believe what just happened to me. That was a cool story. So yeah, it's so crazy. Thought, you know what? I got to talk to this guy like one-on-one. So, that, so here we are. That's so awesome. You know, honestly, like literally when I was a kid and I, when I, I, when he got out of the car, I was like, man, this guy, he's got to be in a band. Like, you know, being in a band, you kind of, you see the signs, you know what I'm saying? Like there's like <laughs> a signs of a, of a, a fellow musician. And, uh, I was like, you know what, this guy's got to be in a band, but I, I and I was waiting to tell, you know, it calmed down. And then usually I'd ask my questions like, Hey, so do you play music or something like that? And he straight up asked me, you know, about music. And then right off the bat, like he told me who he was. I was like, like, no joke. Like yeah. three of your records changed my life. And immediately I messaged my friend ST in Africa. We did like a little uh, Snapchat to him because I want to be like, dude, this is like we would we would literally like my best friend and I before we were even really established as a band would drive around in his truck listening to Scott's records, you know, Zayos and just, you know, daydreaming of the day, you know, we could be playing music and, and we did have a, 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 some success and, and got to do a lot of touring. But, um, I mean, it's just so, re- it's so interesting that he came out and found us, you know, came out to find me. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems like some kind of weird circle of life thing to me. I don't know. It kind of is. That's, that's how it works, man. That's For sure. Cyclical. So I bet some people who didn't listen to that first little, yes. little mini thing that I did with Scott yeah. are listening to this now. And they're probably thinking like, what are these two clowns talking about? So <laughs> I think, I think, I think we should pump the brakes and slow down a little bit. All right. Let's, let's get, let's get back before needle to square. Okay. Let's get back all the way to a young Steve Westcott. Yeah. Who was uh, deciding that he wanted to play in bands. Yes. And tell us, tell us a little bit about your, uh, about your background and then we can we can gradually work our way into what you're doing now okay yeah absolutely so you know i'm i'm one of those musicians that just got lucky um i'm not a very talented guy i mean i'm probably uh, a c average musician to be honest and um i just happen to be around a lot of talented people um my hometown spokane washington is a very uh, unique place it's uh where culture goes to die. And so um, only the hungry survive, you know what I'm saying? Like you really got to want it. You really got to like, no matter what anybody says, no matter what, what the world brings, like we are going to create music, you know? And, and that's kind of where my, my musical history started in Spokane, Washington. Um, So I, I started, I, I, I was I was a skateboarder at the time actually through my teen years and I was pretty good and you know getting recognition yada 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 I hurt my back and uh, around the time I was like eighteen and I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't skateboard really too much anymore so I ended was it, up was it like a one time was it like a one time accident like a whoops I hurt my back at that moment or was it just kind of a uh oh I'm starting to have back problems <laughs> it was a, a one time so I was I was on a handrail and I I slid out and I kind of landed on my tailbone and and funny and it fractured kind of this 
my lower vertebrae and I had to go to the hospital and then like you and I could just barely even walk for a while and just just dude those are the reasons I well, what you just <laughs> described is the exact reason why I can't watch those fail compilations on YouTube there's always there's always, no I'm not kidding there's always that one skateboarder that like didn't quite make it all the way over the rail and hits himself oh. funny and I'm not just talking about a nut shot I'm just talking about like that piling shutter that you get down your back where i'm like i can't watch people do this to themselves i just can't do it the pile up you just you lay there and you just whatever i just i uh, remember just like my my friend was there they took me to the hospital i was laying in bed they gave me all kinds of meds i came home my parents are like see we told you <laughs> and i was like dang that's the, that's the worst part of it is it's so easy to say you shouldn't do that you're gonna hurt yourself. exactly and you have to go your entire life without hurting yourself <laughs> like <clears throat> imagine how many times i hate to use such a generic choice but imagine how many times tony hawk's parents were like we told you you were gonna break it exactly you know what i mean like like it's like so it's a that's too easy of a Blanket statement, but anyway, I don't want to steal from your story. No, no, you're right, man. You're right. So uh, during that time, my my uh, uncle had uh, sold me uh, an acoustic guitar when I was 15. I never really played it, but I started kind of playing it then. And back in my hometown, there were like these three bands that were just like epic. They would throw these shows in their garages, and like there would be free shows it was like and everybody all the the rocker all the punk kids would come out and and during that time i i kind of i mean i was still kind of finding myself like as far as i I, not not my identity but like really what i was in love with because i i tended to be pretty good at a lot of different things i'm not trying to like I don't know, toot my own horn or whatever, but I just never really found it anything that I, I really loved. Like skateboarding, I, I liked it because I was so good at it and people were giving me accolades, you know what I'm saying? I, I more liked mm-hmm. the the cool feeling I got when people were impressed than I did actually loving the sport, you know? And um, so I, I know that's probably weird or whatever but it's just kind of how I was I I really liked the attention of being successful at something more than I actually liked you know doing any any one particular thing Um, well okay but that doesn't sound that weird though because if anybody knows what needle to square is about maybe you're just one of those people that really enjoys making other people happy that's not a bad that's not a bad sign to have hanging over your name. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. I totally get you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was – I think in the beginning I just probably was insecure and I wanted the attention. I think now though what you're talking about, what it's developed into and like that I would say is more accurate to how I feel now. But I think sure, in the okay. beginning I definitely was a pretty insecure kind of kid. Um, so during that time, while I was re- recovering from my injury, uh, you know, still I was just picking up my guitar, and I I literally barely knew three chords. I didn't know any bar chords. I didn't know how to really palm mute. Um, I didn't know how to you know do anything, pitch harmonics, tapping, any kind of technical guitar stuff, or even write a song. I knew nothing, and. Uh, I was. I went to a show with my friend. His name was Matt Lentz. He was in this band called Juggernaut at the time, and it was like this poppy punk band that was like really super. The faster, the better kind of punk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's like, I'm gonna start my own thing, and and he's like, I'd like you to play guitar. And then 
really from there, it was just what we, we, we actually played a show. Our very first show was with Craig's uh, brother and uh, Dogwood. And uh, okay. we were this hardcore band with two singers, and they liked us enough to put us on another show. So we ended up following them and doing a couple shows together. And uh, right then, you know, I just I got this man. I love this. Like I love writing music. I love the the team aspect. You know of of playing music together, and I love creating. And and it just. All of that just really kind of started a fire for me. Uh, from then on, I just jumped from band to band, uh, the, uh, playing with bigger bands, smaller bands. Uh, uh, this uh, The biggest band, I mean, the most touring I ever did probably was a band called Buddy Ruckus. And that might not even be true. I don't exactly know what the bigger band. They were signed to Substant Records with like logos and. Um, I'll get my fact. I'll get my fact check team on it. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and then um, another band I played in, probably bigger, was the Monroe, which is the lead singer of the Monroe. Um, he was 15 years old when I when I kind of started that band. He's actually the singer of Memphis Mayfire now. So, um, crying out loud. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So Matt and I played music for years and the guy's just super talented. Even as a young kid, like, uh, you know, I just really believed in the the guy and I was like, man, I'm going to do a band with him. And, and, you know, we toured a bunch and, and, uh, I mean, what, probably what my funnest times was hanging out with him and my best friend ST who's, who's in Africa and, you know, all of our friends, that, that band was probably the most fun, uh, I've had, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I, 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 you know, every time I, anytime I'm around, you know, we always hang out, me and Matt and he's, he's a super good dude. I, I just really love what he's, what he's, see, he's the guy with talent. You know what I'm saying? I was a guy that could, right. I just had really good guitar gear. I could drive at night and I'm pretty easy to get along with. So I, I could make it in a band. You know what I'm saying? But Steve, I have said this so many times on my show. It isn't about being the best musician. Yeah. It's about being the right musician. Yeah, exactly. Some, sometimes you just have to be good at being in a band. It doesn't matter if you can play, if you can shred guitar sweeps a little at 250 yeah. BPM and the other guy can only do it at 240. Yeah. If the, if the better guy is a dick, he, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, you're, you're 100% <laughs> so right. You're 100% yep. right. And I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I, I just got, I just got to be around the right people and just, I'm pretty good at, you know, hustling, you know, is what we did. Um, and, and so I got to tour like, and and just you know we made friends with people in the industry and things like that and just you know so I I, I know a lot of people and and things like that um I would never say that I've made it anyways I quit music for a while just kind of was burnt out and then just as a last minute hope I joined this other band called the New Divide and it was a bunch of homeschooled brothers that really had no. They, they just weren't good, but I liked them at the time. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I can make something out of this. I can, I can work with okay. this. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we, we toured everywhere. We went all over the United States. We kept on touring. And I tell people we had to keep touring 
because we just were never good enough to be asked back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we had to constantly keep touring because we just didn't have the talent or the songs to get invited back to it for a second show. (laughs) So getting a show was was easy part. Getting a second show was the hard part. (laughs) Um, and, and, And so then after that, you know, Really, that was like my musical career all the way up till I was like 31 from, you know, 18 when I got injured and then playing music all the way up till I was 31, just touring off and on. Sometimes I'd be full time. Sometimes I'd be, you know, part time touring. But probably the last five years was just full time touring, you know, trying to get, you know, even up to 300 shows in a year. I mean, we just... We would play oh every, gosh. yeah. We we would play everything. I'm talking coffee shops, venues, big, small, any, every single day. Our goal was to play a show somewhere, something, somehow. We played at hot topics. We played at bars. We played at churches. We played at coffee shops. We played clubs. Any anywhere, any every single night for free or for money we were going to play and uh and that's how we were able to to stay on the road is because merch sales and and uh you know just different things like that just hustling merch was pretty much how right. we how we how we stayed alive and how we kept fed and stuff like that so let's see from there um i we were back in so 2010 so all that up to to 2010 2010 we're in the studio um well let me back up 2010 we'd done 300 shows that year we were we were dead just tired and we had two weeks off for christmas and so i'm walking up to my apartment and i remember 2010 shows up we we take the winter break off and as i'm walking up with the drummer to my apartment i basically look at him i say when this band is over i'm gonna walk across america not knowing how that what was about to happen or or anything to come i just i just knew i just had this sense it was just like it was like a light bulb moment i knew i'm gonna walk across america and and that was it and i i said it to him and we just kind of laughed about it and kind of made fun of it okay 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 whoa 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 so was that like at the bottom at the bottom of the steps you didn't have that and all of a sudden you just had like this this hankering to say like that just came on you or is this something that you've been thinking about for a while? Like, like that's, that's not a common thought to go tiptoeing through somebody's head. (laughs) Literally as I'm walking up the steps, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm going to walk across America as soon as this band is over. Interesting. Interesting. It was, it was, wasn't like the heavens parted and angels came down and said, you will walk across America. It was just like, I knew (laughs) in my mind that I was going to walk across America. And that's all I knew. I had no idea about all this other stuff that was going to happen. I just knew I was going to walk across America. So, um, so your drummer, your drummer was like, whatever weirdo. And that was the end of it. Yeah. He was just like, well, yeah, he just kind (laughs) of laughed at me. And, and then I think we watched Netflix after that. (laughs) 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 And so, um, let's see. So to Christmas time goes by. We have a couple days off, and then we go into the studio right away because we want to make a new record for the new touring season. 
And uh, we're in the studio, and we just have this big blowout fight. And uh, basically, they kicked me out of the band. I mean, that's really what happened. I mean, they're all, they were all homeschooled brothers. It's not like one of them were going to leave. It's me or whatever, you know? Sure, sure. So I, I hopped. I, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that on the website with um, basically he was asked to leave the band. And I thought, oh, wow. Well, if, if it's worded that way, I bet there's a story right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things like um, I was in this band not because I loved the guys, but because I wanted to tour. I was okay. I was in the band to perpetuate like for another step in another line on a resume more than I was about the love of the music and to continue touring and things like that. Gotcha. Um, okay. So when when I was out there, I just we were so different. I mean, we were just so we couldn't be more different people, you know. And and being in a Christian band, like you know, even our some of our theology was different. Like I'm much more relaxed about a lot of things, and and they weren't. And, and so that really caused problems, you know, it caused difficult problems. And the other thing is I'm kind of a lone wolf at times, you know, I don't really, um, I don't need to be around people 24 seven and they were such a small, close knit family. <laughs> like, like we'd get I'm to, I'm sorry, said, said the guy who's walking across the country with a gun. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I can I can lone wolf pretty good. <laughs> so so like we would go to we go and like I to L.A. and I'd have friends from previous bands that I'd been in and I'd want to just go hang out with them away from the band and they would be okay. like they'd get hurt feelings about it and I'm like I am with you guys every day twenty four seven I don't want right. to go hang out with you guys like. <laughs> Not for nothing, but I just don't want to hang out with you guys. <laughs> and uh, so just little things like that. And and uh, eventually, you know, it just when you're living in a van together for years on end and it just it, we we just didn't like each other. We were doing it for the success of it and to perpetuate what we've created. We weren't doing it because we liked each other and we liked the, you know, playing together. And, um, and that just, that always, that story always ends in failure. That story to me, when I watch other musicians, I, you can see it coming. Like these people don't even like each other. You know, this is not going to last long. And, um, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's all, it's all about a matter of perspective there too, because on the way up the steps, you said, I think I want to walk across America Uh and it was treated like. Okay, whatever, bozo. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Within a couple months, uh, it, it was kind of set in motion, and you know, you can. I'm sure you do. You attribute it to um, a calling. Yeah. You attribute that to God working yeah. in your life. Other yeah. people are going to hear it and say it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But point is, it was that fight that at least got the ball rolling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess my my only thing is like I think when you can't have harmony. It, here's what I'll say. One of my favorite bands that I ever got to play with was this band called Noise Ratchet. They were amazing. They just 
they had it. They had that X factor. And that X factor actually was the tension in the band. They had a lot of tension in that band all the time. Anytime we'd go anywhere on tour, they're having like these epic blowout band meetings in the van. You know what I'm saying? And But that also, that tension translated on stage and they would just put on these amazing shows. The music was amazing because of that tension. Um, okay. But what I notice is eventually it, it, they implode. You know, you can have success for a while, but if you can't find a, in my experiences, if you can't find that way to have peace and work together eventually and even like each other, all that magic turns into poison. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, I've, I've, I heard somebody say this. I'm probably going to butcher it, but if an if an unstable ingredient, which unstable ingredients are necessary to make things sometimes, right? Yeah. But if an unstable ingredient never actually explodes, then it can't be called unstable. Yeah. So it kind of you kind of have to respect it for what it is. Yeah. And yeah. No, know, knowing that at one point this might blow up in my face you know exactly. but for now i need it to be what it is i get it dude totally exactly it. yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about that's exactly what i'm talking about so you know i mean for for us finally you know they kicked me out and and honestly here's the thing i knew probably at that moment that it was time for me to leave music before then like when this whole walk across america thing happened I think mm-hmm. somewhere in that conversation in my head, I was like, yes, I'll do it when the band's over because I didn't want to let go of what I had in my hand. I didn't want to let okay. go of touring and, you know, the little bit of success that we had and, and what we what I had built, what I had been a part of building. And sure. so I needed it to be taken away from me, to be honest. For me to do what I'm doing now... I needed music to be taken away from me. And that was such a a hard thing. But once it was like, you're out, I felt okay to be like, okay, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt Mm -hmm. okay to, this has been taken away from me. I'm not going to start over. I'm done. Right. And that gave there's me a difference. There's a difference between over and done. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Understand that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can, anything can be over. They, my job can call me tomorrow and say, you're over, <laughs> but I'm not, that doesn't, that, that doesn't mean I'm done working. Cause I have to go out and find another job cause I got to pay for stuff. Exactly. But, but when you're, when you're done, that's your voluntary. Okay. I'm, I'm letting go of this. I'm walking away. And I get that. Like, yes. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to let go of music too, because that, that's, that's just in your genetics, man. It, it, it's in your DNA. I totally relate with that. Yes. 100%. And so for me, like, I just really, um, I felt like getting to that point where I was ready to let go. And then I, I, I knew I had a new mission almost, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I knew it was okay to to move on. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, so yeah, you, yeah, you do. Cause you did. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. 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 I'm not talking to you cause you were the guitarist from the new divide. I'm talking to you <laughs> because, um, there's this insane person walking across the country with a goat. Yep. He's, uh, 
you know, you're not doing it. You're not climbing Trump Tower just for attention. <laughs> or anything. You, 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 you have a yes. you have a motivation behind it because it's yes. it's uh, somebody has somebody has a greater need than you, and you thought, you know what? I kind of get to uh, I kind of get to do what I felt that I was called to do and help people. Yes. So, here we are, one hundred percent. Sunday morning, man. uh, sipping a coffee, talking about it. So, yeah, you know, I, and again, I it's one of those things where I'm just I feel like I've been lucky and blessed. So, basically, from there, um, I uh, came back and I didn't even know where to start. Like, I, <laughs> I, I remember. I met up with uh, my my personal music manager at the time was a, a girl named Sarah, and she was, you know, I told her my idea, and so we walked from my apartment downtown Seattle to REI, which is about oh a mile maybe. And the whole time I'm telling her about this story, like, listen, I'm gonna walk across America, and uh, we're we're just. She's one of those people that you can just start talking to, and then all of a sudden a plan develops. You know what I'm saying? You you get, okay, sure. You give an idea to them, and all of a sudden now you have a plan, and you have to do it. <laughs> so as we're walking, we're just talking about stuff. In fact, one of my favorite things um, is to uh, I I like to wear fur coats, and I not because of Macklemore. I just love fur coats. Way before Macklemore did it. Screw that guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I like to wear fur coats. So we were wearing these fur coats downtown Seattle as we're walking to REI, looking so ridiculous, okay. talking about this. And at, even in that moment, I'm thinking, man, I'm crazy. I just get crazier with my life, whatever. So we, the idea was like, okay, she's like, you should take an animal with you. I was like, yeah. I said, what about a goat? She's like, no one will talk to you if you take a goat. I said, you're probably right. I'll take a dog. Okay. So that was the end of that thought. Fast forward, we're at REI. I'm trying on backpacks. And now I'm like, what do I look for in a backpack? I'm like, does it, is it my color? Does it make my butt look big? Like, what, like, what do you look for <laughs> when you're looking for a backpack? You know, I have no idea. And Is there room for my fur coat? Yeah. <laughs> Just all, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff was going through my head. I just had no idea what I was getting into. So um, I, I take a year. I do some research. I'm, 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 I'm planning this thing. And, you know, um, my, my idea of training for this project was like, I'll watch YouTube videos on how to camp because I've never really camped before. And I'll just eat okay. a lot of Jimmy John's. I thought that... I would lose a ton of weight, so I'll, I'll eat a lot of Jimmy John's right up front. I'll try and gain all this weight. Um, let me tell you, friend, I'm the only man in history that has somehow gotten fatter walking across America, and it's ridiculous. Way to go. I mean, there's, that's an, I mean, if you're looking for accomplishments, that's already interesting. I know. It has just been crazy. I mean, I, I don't even understand it. You know, people just bring me food all the time. It's just crazy. So um, I, I, I come up with a date. I'm, I'm going to start May 2nd, 2012. And that's an important, informa- uh, important date for me because that was actually the 20-year anniversary of my father passing. And so... I read, I read that on the site, man. That's, that's pretty neat that you got to line, line that all up. That, that, 
that's very cool. It, it, it really is. You know, it wasn't something that I planned, but it was a way to honor him for me personally. It really has nothing to do with the project, but it just was, it was something for me to really, to really <clears throat> like remember him in a different way besides just his passing, but kind of celebrate it in a, in a way. So let's see. Um, about a month before I'm going to leave, my dog that I had gotten for the trip, his name was Louie. He was wrestling with a dog at the dog park and he got injured. He hurt his knee. I took him to the vet and the vet said, he can't go. So now I'm just like, oh, what do I do? I'm stressing out. Um, you know, I was like, okay, well, go on Craigslist and I'll just kind of train a dog on the fly. We'll kind of just start walking and I'll just have to take it slow and train him as we go. Well, while I was there on Craigslist, I saw an ad for the New Moon Goat Rescue in Arlington, Washington. And I was like, okay, my first thought was like, who is abandoning goats enough to where you'd need a goat rescue? You know, that was my first thought. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. And, uh, you know, it, it was an amazing place. I went out there. There was a lady named Ellen. I told her what I'm doing. She's like, hey, I got the goat for you. And she ended up giving me this goat named Popsicle. And uh, mm-hmm. my first thought was like, there's too many jokes about a guy walking a goat named Popsicle. Like, I can't, I can't, I got to change his name. So I changed his name to Leroy Brown, and he was the baddest goat in the whole dang town. And we just, yeah, we just hung out. I mean, he was, he's like, he was like a dog. He was like my best friend. I, I loved that goat. It was amazing. <clears throat> so probably from then on. I'm just I'm just talking. If you want to throw in questions, I'd, I hope I hope I'm not ruining this podcast by just rambling. No, no, you're in you're in uncharted territory for me. I really don't know a hell of a lot about goats, so I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. You know, it, it was it was amazing. Like the 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 whole there was a real legitimate bond. They're a herd animal which means they really um, try and they bond with you and they, they, they become like a team with you. And that's neat. And that's how no, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this because you're saying information that was already on the needle to square website, uh, but that's why podcasts are so important to me yeah. because people are hearing you say, it and they're yeah. hearing the emotions behind your voice. And, yeah. And, um, that's, I mean, anybody can read information off of a sterile black and white page, but I mean, you're telling us about Leroy and how you befriended him and everything. This is, this is, this is great, man. Keep trucking. Okay, good. Okay, good. You know, and he really was, he was my friend. Like he was my buddy. I mean, we, that goat never said no. We walked hard, hard (laughs) miles. I mean, he, I mean, we went through deserts and mountains and rain and tornadoes and fires and Colorado was burning down at the time we walked through it and the, there was fires like and smoke everywhere and, and we, we walked right through it. Yeah, I mean, um, there, was, there was a bunch of flooding in Colorado that same year and uh, in fact, Boulder, Colorado got like isolated from the rest of the world during that time and and uh, we walked through just rainstorm after rainstorm after rainstorm. And then Ugh. just inside, just on the border of Kansas and Colorado, there was, uh, there was a tornado that hit like about a mile away from us. And we, I remember thinking that we were going to die that moment. I mean, there was just no shelter. 
your phone is wow. blowing up with all these alerts like there's get out of there tornado and and I remember I just grabbed my poncho and we kind of we grabbed I found a, some there was a fence it was a barbed wire fence um, and I found a, a kind of safe way to hold on to it and I grabbed my poncho and I pulled it over me and the goat and the goat was freaking out and for about 20 minutes just sand was beating us and and just all kinds of crazy things were hitting us sticks and stuff and it, I literally I honestly thought like okay this is this is this is the end we're gonna die in a tornado and it, it, it hit far enough away to where it really didn't get us but I mean with all the dust and sand it was it looked just crazy like apocalyptic almost it was just such a unique experience and and uh i remember and and it, it it disappeared so quickly it was it was like just such a i don't i don't know how to describe it it was all of a sudden you're in this tornado or this big storm and then it's just gone you know and then we're kind of looking around the sun's out and i'm just like what is happening you know this is crazy and uh wow. you know walking with the goat in scenarios like that and being kind of in the middle of nowhere you're just like what the heck where what am i doing with my yeah. life you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, i was in a band like a year ago like i was touring what a life choices you know what i'm saying like, right so i was gonna ask you about uh some sp- i mean I have all kinds of dumb questions really like like how do you maintain um I, I guess you're literally physically talking to the goat the to, to Leroy the entire time Always. because you need you need a companion out there it's kind of like uh I don't even know if you've seen the movie or not how you've been on the road so long but I mean like when Tom Hanks was yeah. uh, stuck on that island and started talking to a volleyball I mean yes that's not because he's crazy he's trying to prevent going crazy no you know? no legitimately but, like I I would talk to Leroy like it was a person, and I, I, yeah, I know he didn't respond, but I swear he responded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we would sit at Seven Elevens and drink Slurpees and talk about girls. You know, like we would just like we were boys. You know, and I remember this one time. Um, this is right as I was coming out out of the Rocky Mountains. There's like this place called kind of Golden, Colorado, and there is uh, this. They were building apartments on this kind of hill, so they had to put this big, like, 50-foot retaining wall up, and at the top of the wall was just flat. They hadn't built anything right there, but so I put my tent right up there, kind of off the road, and uh, uh, we're looking out, and you can see the glow of Denver, the, the city lights. It's kind of warm. And I'm just sitting there, my tent's up, the goat is kind of laying by me and kind of puts his head on my lap, you know, and, and I remember kind of patting his his back and just saying, like, we did it, like, no one thought we would make it this far, you know, no one thought a goat could do this, and I just remember even saying, like, I'm really proud of you, you know what I'm saying, like, I know that sounds crazy, but I was like, you did so good, and and ta- it having that, crazy at all. it just, you had, I had this moment to be proud of my goat and like you did so yep. good and 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 we did it you know and and that was a big mile marker for us because we just passed over the cascades we passed over the uton mountains and then we passed over the rocky mountains and now we're headed into the great plains and i felt like getting if we could make it past those great those mountains i thought i felt like it was going to be pretty much all downhill 
from there. And and it pretty much was. It pretty much was. But um, it's yeah. I mean, after the mountains, you're 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 heading my way. You're heading west coast to east coast. So I mean, yeah. after those mountains, it's not downhill. It's just level <laughs> yeah yes yes it's, it's just it's, a, it's nothing until you get all the way over to our mountains <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely it just felt like you know getting past those massive mountains just felt really good felt really good um to get past sure. those and um so yeah i mean uh then you know you go out to the desert and, or the the dust bowl whatever you want to call it kansas yuck and it was, that sounds like that that ha- that has to be well no it doesn't have to be but from from me sitting here in my creature comfort air-conditioned house <laughs> the uh the, the the desert part sounds like i think that would probably be the worst yeah. stretch of it for me hell, I, th- hell. I think i'd rather i'd rather tie myself to a fence post and deal with the occasional almost death tornado <laughs> They'd be stuck in deserts for days at a time. You know, it it was very very interesting. I I started walking at night a little bit because um, the days would be so hot that we sure. would just kind of walk through night. And and towns were like they were so small. They were just basically a grain silo and like a couple houses and maybe a gas station. And that's right. that's it, it. Just it got really isolated you get really isolated in those moments more than ever and um i i I actually did kind of fall in love with those moments because you know you really have to face yourself you know when there's no creature comforts when there's no um no food and water and a comfortable place to sleep and you're melting from the sun and you're physically and emotionally drained everything that you kind of self-medicate with is not there uh cell phone music what you stuff down what you cover up in your life it bubbles up to the surface and you have to Mm. deal with it you have to face yourself and that was probably kansas and uh and a little bit of the Rocky Mountains was a real huge, huge transition time for me because I was having to clean out the closet. You know, I was sitting on the side of the road calling ex-girlfriends like, yeah, I'm sorry. I lied about that. You were right. Or yes, I did cheat on you wow. or, you know, what, wow. whatever yeah. it was, you, I, I had to clean out the closet. And so that was a, a, a long, it was a long time. And, to get right, you know, walking, walking from, you know, pretty much Salt Lake to Kansas City was just this whole time of like, just cleaning out the closet and going through a lot of, emo- you know, walking through the, the, the cornfield, just kind of crying like, okay, I got daddy issues. Okay, I admit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wow, know, yeah. just mm-hmm. different things. It was just a unique experience that, that I don't think I would have ever actually gone through if i didn't do this like i don't think no you're you're uh, you're so right i don't mean to cut you off but Mm -hmm. i I have to jump in because um my circle of friends uh, we talk about this all the time we're all we're all hitting our midlife crisis hair falling out points and and i mean like it's like you, you have a hard time tuning in with all the things that you're talking about because I am constantly, 100% of the time, entertained or distracted. Yes. And I never have time. Yes. To, like you said, the self-medication. If I want something, I go get it. Yeah. If I don't want to deal with, if I don't want to deal with something, I have ten thousand other things to go deal with. Yeah. And I can kind of, 
I don't, I don't have to think about the issues because I, I have grass to cut. I have a job to do. I have a kid who's screaming about something or yep. something. Done, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this, if everybody could just take a moment to walk across Kansas with a goat and <laughs> maybe actually just, I mean, you have to like hide yourself from your distractions. You have to turn the, you have to turn the damn technology off, man. You got to go take a walk and just 100%. don't take your headphones with you. Don't take your phone. Just shut the hell up a minute yeah. and. And, um, you know, I mean, isn't that what he always says? Like I come to you in the quiet times, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to hear me if you've got all this other stuff to do. And that's all we do is other stuff. I I miss the desert, man, because I feel like I got to experience the Lord in a new way. And I like truly like, I long for the desert again. Like as I'm now that I'm my project is kind of blowing up. We just we just got an article out in the New York Times. We've been on Steve Harvey, CNN, Fox News. You know, all the project is I'm a passenger now. It's just kind of taking off and I'm just kind of being a part of what's going on. But um I do I truly do long to be alone with the lord and a goat in the middle of a cornfield <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not that's not biblical man i don't know what you're reading the goat the goat thing was never i think goats are actually the bad yeah sheep go to heaven usually, goats so. go to hell <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got you got a weird translation there dude but hey i'm not here to judge whatever Man, I That's hilarious. It is. It's really funny, but I I, I there is a sweetness to the, the I once saw a shirt that says it's a privilege to suffer and I never I, I in my mind I couldn't wrap my mind around that statement, but now like going through the suffering of the desert and no food and no water and just the struggle or the privilege of struggling, like I, I don't know. I, I'll do it again. I mean, I, I would go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though it was hell, I mean, it was genuine hell. I'd do it again. I'd walk those. I'd walk that state again. You know, and and yeah. be in those moments and and struggle through the day because it just there was just this sweetness to my relationship with the Lord and. And there was a sweetness with my life just in general, you know, I just, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I, I look back on it and I remember in the time just hating every, every single day, like hating it. And I look back on it like, man, I just want to go back. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like you just, I just want to go back there and, and spend some time doing it, you know? That's interesting. Um, I don't know if you've put any thought into it. You've got nothing to do but time to think about your life and what you're doing. But um, what are you going to do when you get to Times Square? Oh, man. I'm going to get a lazy boy chair and never walk again. (laughs) I'm going to get one of those hover round cars, you know, like the old people have that like they're called hover rounds or something. I saw a commercial for it. It's like a motorized wheelchair. Oh man, that okay. that looks amazing. A Segway, maybe. You're never gonna walk. You're never gonna walk anywhere again, dude. You just walked across the country and told me you gained weight. You're gonna be a disaster. In a couple of years if you don't walk anymore. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, so here's the thing. 
just kind of continue through my story before we get to New York. Um, part of what I did was I, I'd give back to communities. I go to homeless shelters. I go to food banks. And when I was in, made it to Dayton, Ohio, I was at a food bank and um, one of the clients was taking food out to my goat, Leroy. And Leroy ended up passing because it's kind of like dogs and chocolate. Like it actually turned into a bad thing for him and he ended up passing from it. So that was actually one of the most devastating things of this project. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was wondering where that where Miles came into the story. Yeah, so you know, it it was an honest mistake, but I mean, so I'll, I'll kind of explain it like this. You know, I I was married for a while. I was married for about six years. Um, during that time, we had a lot of ups and downs. We, we had a divorce, and somebody gave me this book by C.S. Lewis called A Grief Observed, and basically it's about his wife dying of cancer and him kind of going through the grieving process of that. As I read that mm-hmm. book, I realized something really important. I don't think I loved my wife as much as he loved his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not feeling grief okay. like that. You know what I'm saying? And okay. so fast forward to the death of this goat, October 6th of last year, I was devastated. Like, I, I, my body physically rejected the loss. I was throwing up. I had a headache. I have never I mean, never experienced grief like this. I, I had, mm-hmm. I just was, I, I was wrecked. Like I, I, I felt like not lost as like I don't know where I'm in in the world, but like lost as a person. If that makes sense, I know that sounds. I, I've never experienced anything like it, but I genuinely felt like I almost didn't know who I was. If that can make sense, like it okay. just I was so. This was such my friend that it just was really devastating. I thought back to that book the next day, and I was thinking two things. One, like I understand what he's talking about now when it comes to grieving and and sadness and, and hurt and pain. And number two, I don't think I've loved anybody or anything as much as I love that goat, which was a weird reality to face. And, um, you know, I, I, it's been a... It was a hard process to make a transition to a new goat. You know, this new yeah. goat, Miles, was basically just a, a space filler. I didn't really care about him. I wasn't about this goat. But I will say now more than ever, you know, it's starting to feel like uh, he's my buddy. We're friends. And, right. um, yeah, things are, things are happening. We're, we're, we're a team now. Wow. Okay, whoa, let's slow this down. So here we had a little bit of a technical issue. Not really technical, but Steve had to run. He had another uh, speaking engagement that he had to do. So then we had to circle back and finish talking. I felt like he was kind of rushing towards the end because he felt like we weren't going to be able to circle back. So anyway, let's pick it back up where we left off, shall we? Yeah, okay, so, you know, I was really uh, determined to finish year three, Um, and so 
I, I started walking out of uh, St. Louis thinking that that was going to be the year I finished. So we walked from St. Louis to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, we dipped down to Cincinnati. From Cincinnati, we went up to Dayton, Ohio. So um, part of what I do is I try and give back to communities. It's not about fundraising. It's about giving back. So I'll go to homeless shelters and, and food banks and, and um, you know, jails. And, and that is about giving back. That's about trying to help out in communities, not just take. You know, we do a lot of fundraising, but that's not all that we're about. So uh, I was at a food bank in Dayton, Ohio, and... Um, Basically, one of the clients was coming outside and feeding the goat food. Um, goats have a ruminant system, which is like four stomachs, and bread turns into a bacteria that's bad for goats. I mean, they can have a little bit, kind of like dogs and chocolate. They can have a little bit, but too much, they'll get sick and die. It's the same thing with bread and goats. You give them, they, they call it overgraining, more or less. And so what happened is that that bad bacteria got through his uh, ruminant system and into his bloodstream, and he ended up, you know, getting really sick and he passed. Um, it was kind of a slow process and, and uh, a very sad process. Um, but basically, you know, I took him to OSU, which is like the best veterinary hospital in America, which is in Columbus. Um, and I just... You know, they pretty much told me he wasn't going to make it, but we we fought really hard, got him the best care possible, did everything we could, and then I had to make the decision of actually putting him down, which was the hardest thing. You know, I I the people that have to pull the plug on loved ones, I mean, this isn't the same level, but I, I think I understand a little bit better you know, having, it's, in the, it's in the ballpark, sure. Y- yeah. Yes, for sure. And it just the it, – it's one thing to have somebody taken from you or, you know, life, you know, the die of natural causes, something like that. It's a much different thing to have to basically be the person that ends the life or makes the decision for that person to go. And – I mean, it still like messes with my head. I, I can talk about Leroy uh, a little bit uh, before the tears start flowing, but you know, for for me specifically, um, you know, I'm not a person that lets things sit. Like I uh, I do something and then I keep moving, and so um, you know, after his passing was a tremendous grief process. You know, I remember stepping out of that hospital. And I had his saddle pack and my backpack, and I had to head back to a hotel where I was staying. And I just, I, I had never felt lost, like just lost as a person, lost in my identity, lost in, in, in almost like purpose, just lost. Like I, it was such a, a crazy, wild feeling. Um, I've always had like a very strong sense of self and determination and for the first time I just felt just riddled with emptiness so to speak I don't I don't know that that goat our relationship was a, a deep meaningful relationship that I hey, I don't think I even understand still to this day you know how it worked 
And during that time, you know, my, my body physically rejected the sorrow. I was throwing up. I had a migraine and all that, all that stuff. I mean, it was just, just devastating. Um, you probably back, cut a little bit of, you probably cut a little bit of time off your own life with that grief. Cause it, oh, I mean, yes. when you internalize that stuff, man, you you I mean, crazy stuff like your gallbladder takes a hit. <laughs> yes. Like I get, I, I've, I've been there. Like I, I remember putting pets down younger. Boy, this podcast took a really sad turn. But, uh, hey, <laughs> this is this is this is part of walking across America. You got to walk through some shit, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Probably, literally, maybe. But um, sh- we've all put pets down. We've all have loved ones pass away. We know people that died in accidents and everything. It's it's uh, it's not about comparisons it's not about well yeah my dad passed away of cancer that's not as bad as the goat of course yes and that's not what we're trying to say we're talking about how that person internalizes what's going on at that moment yeah that's that's their moment like my friend and i make please please hear me out when i say this we yes. don't mean to make light we don't mean to make light of the subject but like you always run into that one upper that yes. makes you feel like you know like oh your your goat passed away yeah, yeah. My, well i had a I had a cousin die in a car accident. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, people have it worse, but that doesn't that doesn't minimize what I'm going through right now. You just walked three quarters or even more of the way across the country with a companion. Yes, and and I get it, dude. I I, I understand, and and anybody who wants to take that from me is just being insensitive, really. Well, so a hundred percent. You know, well, you know, one of the things that I really I like about what you're saying is just that. We all have a story and we all have things we're connected to, whether it be our blanket as a kid and as we grow up a pet or a relationship and as we get grow older, maybe our, our thing is our job or something. We have these things that kind of really are part, are, are, are cornerstones and our identity and our, 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 our who we are that are really meaningful. And when those building blocks to, to our life are kind of shaken and ripped out from under us, the, mm-hmm. the grief process for everybody in anything, it's, it's devastating. You know, when my father passed when I was 12 and yes, right. I cried, but I, he was a distant father. Like he was, you know, a part-time father. So I never, I didn't even have the relationship with him like I had with this goat. And, right. and, and I know it's, it's everybody. And honestly, I would say I was that person in the beginning before, before I experienced this, when people said like, Oh, my dog died. I was like, I had a dog. And if it died, I'd be cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, I, I wouldn't have <laughs> grieved like, like this. Cause that I I understand it now, and my perspective has changed. Um, so yeah, you know, in I made a couple mistakes in my grieving process for sure. One of the things I told myself is like, you get one day. There there are thirty six kids that are relying on you. Your friend is relying on you. You have an audience of twenty thousand people following this story. They're relying on you. And so a mistake that I made early on was like, okay. Uh, you get one day, you do it. It's t- You grieve all you can. You cry your eyes out, but tomorrow you gotta work. And I bet, bet you learned 25 hours after that decision that that's not how grieving works. That's not how it works. 
that's not how any of this works. <laughs> you know, it, it was 100%. It 100%, I figured out that that was the wrong way to do it. I still went through right. it. I, I pushed through and I, I, I went and I, I got another goat that I didn't like and, you know, I couldn't connect with for a very long time. And, and I, 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 I moved forward with the project, but, you know, I, I remember probably... You know, what this reminds, you know what this reminds me of? I don't mean to make light of what you're talking about. This reminds me of Metallica with Jason Newstead. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, we miss Cliff so bad, and 100%. we need a bass player. We're going to give this 24 hours, and now, fine, just grab a guitar, and we're going to treat you like crap for the next 15 yes. years. <laughs> exactly. And, like, I don't know why that just popped in my head, but I always felt bad for the dude because I was like, he landed his dream job and they weren't nice to him about it because they were, they didn't give themselves the, they didn't properly grieve yes. their loss. And yes. the grieving process is exactly that. It's a, it's a process. Yes. It's not a, it wouldn't be called a process if it was a 24 hour turn time thing. hundred percent. You don't flip a relay switch and go, okay, I'm not sad anymore. Time to walk. Like yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't know why Jason Newstead thing popped in my head. <laughs> you know, it, that's perfect. Yeah, the, the thing was, I didn't even realize that I wasn't really past it. Like, I'm, I'm a very strong person, and I kind of compartmentalize stuff. So mm -hmm. I didn't even realize how still extremely devastated I was until... Um, a girl uh, who's doing a documentary about me, we finally got to do a live one-on-one -on -one interview. And I sat with her in this room, and she just said, let's talk about it. And, I mean, I ju it just wrecked me. I mean, it just wrecked me. The whole, the whole interview totally wrecked me, and I was totally screwed for a while. It was like I was right there. It was like I was sitting in that stall at the hospital with him and his head is on my lap and he's Ugh. taking those last few breaths and I just I it 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 didn't go away. You know what I'm saying? The moment I had do. not I left do. my body, had not left my mind. Everything, my body, my emotions, my my mindset, everything returned to that moment instantaneously, and I realized I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a lot to work to do. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so what I decided was, okay, clearly I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to deal with this sooner or later, and um, if it comes up, I'll deal with it. But I put it back in the box, and until I'm finished with this project. You know, and I, I have time to kind of sit and process more. Um, it's it's just going to have to stay there. And, t you know, when it comes out, I'll deal with it. But it, right now, I can't focus on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, very real. Very real, um, I would say, emotional, not damage, just unfinished business. <laughs> process. <laughs> you know? Yeah, process. process. Yeah. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. So what's, I'll tell a quick story. You know, um, I, I had, I had uh, Leroy um, cremated, and I carry his ashes with me, and I've, I've spread some ashes in Africa. I've spread them a little bit along my way. I'm going to spread some in New York City, and then we, the land we just bought, I'm going to spread the rest of his ashes over this land, really because he, he paid for it with his life, you know, so... Um, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, wait, a, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did you get 
how did you get from Ohio? How did you get Leroy's ashes from Ohio to Africa? Did yeah. You send them or did, did you go visit? Yes. Yeah, so um, we 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 there there was just a bunch of stuff going on in Africa, just personal stuff for for me going on, and some personal stuff for St. And so, you know, I was just like, you know what? All of this stuff is going on. Let's just just let's just you me go let's hang out let's just go have fun let's let's Mm -hmm. spend i mean he's on the front lines day in and day out it's really hard over there it's it's Mm -hmm. a difficult area i was like let's just like let's go to a movie or something you know so (laughs) i was i flew to africa basically to go to a movie with my friend you know what i'm saying and i love it and just spend some time with him and and just both of us our emotional health and our emotional well-being, we just needed to not be, you know, the missionary yeah. and the goat guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's like, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with clocking out for the day. Yeah, going home and having exactly. We needed to clock out. That's a perfect, perfect example. We needed to clock a, out for the a, day. This is a super important question that I'm going to ask you. Okay? Yeah. You left Ohio after Leroy passed away. You got uh-huh. all the way to Africa. You uh-huh. saw St. Uh-huh. What movie? What movie did you see? <laughs> we uh, we watched um, uh, Twenty One Jump Street and a Half. Is that what it is? The the second one. Ugh. Twenty Two <laughs> Jump Street. There's not a lot of options when you're over there, my friend. It's like <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you did all you traveled all that way to watch that piece of crap. Oh, man. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of options. <laughs> Man, I would have I would have taken a VHS tape with. Jeez. <laughs> well, there's this there's this really cool um, movie theater. It's like a movie theater in a movie theater, if that makes sense. Like um, right off the side no. of a of a professional movie theater, they have like this lounge, and you could pick through some movies that you you wanted to watch. But I mean, all of them were like super outdated and really dumb. So this one was our opportunity. This this one was our opportunity to. Um, I can't fathom what your choices were if those were so dumb that you picked 22 <laughs> Jump Street. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't think. Uh, whatever. I guess we're we're going to go down a rabbit a rabbit trail that's just not worth the time. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> oh, know, boy. So, yeah, that I ended up going over there for like, I believe, eight weeks. And just, you know, we just, you know, just hung out. Just spent time together. Just... Just um, um, yeah, you know, and and I, the the way both of us work, we we put ourselves last. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just one of those people that like it doesn't matter. He's gonna work. You know, for five Mm -hmm. years, it's been it's been the mission. It's been the project. It's been the kids of the orphanage. It's been whatever's next to make it successful and and sustainable. And for me too, it's just like, okay, it's the next interview, the next conversation. It's the next person on the side of the road. It's the next mile. And, and you know, I've seen it. I've seen it before. I've seen missionaries who dedicate their entire life to like, I'm going to quit my job at the bank and I'm going to drag my family around the, 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 yeah. the planet. Yes. And we're going to live in, we're going to live like, we're going to live in conditions that are completely uncomfortable and, yeah. and we're going to make all these sacrifices. And then they post a picture on their Facebook page of them doing like a zip line that day 
or something. Yeah. And some asshole and some asshole pops on and they're like, "Well, I see where the money's going." And it's exactly. like, "Exactly." Like, you can't let a human being let it be a human being. The dude just wanted to jump off a cliff and have fun that day. Yeah. Like like when anybody, when anybody, and a- a- ST is really good about, I mean, we'd really, he doesn't really post anything personal just because of that thing. Because if, like, me personally, if someone were to say something like that about him, I would lose my shit. <laughs> I, like, I, I know what he has to go through. I know what he struggles with. I know, and like, and I'm... I, if they say it about me, cool, whatever, I get it. I'm walking across America with a goat. It's, It can easily be just, like, made fun of and stuff. Oh, speaking sure. of, I'm going to just say this one thing. I've been okay. reading recently. I, I did a bunch of articles. Like, I just, like, we just got picked up by the New York Times and this place, this one thing called the Washingtonian, which is, like, this big uh, famous thing, whatever. Anyways. It, it I, makes sense that you're you're finally arriving at the As the Story Grows podcast after you've done The New Yorker and Steve Harvey and everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in that. I'm up there. I'm in that upper echelon. You're, you're part the, of that story. Yeah, yeah. I've made it. I've made it. This is like for podcasts. You're like the Oprah of podcasts. I love it. I love it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that sound clip as my ringtone. Actually, yeah. I'm going to put that on my phone. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I saw an opportunity for a funny joke to be sarcastic. And That's I, went, right, I didn't mean to trample what you were saying. Go no, I, I, I've been actually, I've been going and reading for the first time in this whole trip. I started reading like, you know, what do people post about this story after they hear it? And oh man, they, they have the, there's funny stuff. People are, are mean, but it's funny. It's funny. This, this one guy, cause they were talking to me about this book that we're, we're trying to put together. And I told him, it's, they're like, th- this guy says, what's his book going to be called? The, the Loser's Guide to Enlighten- Enlightenment or something like that, which I thought that was a really <laughs> funny one. And uh, th- this, this one girl says, she was like, um, no, no job a- and a goat, no girlfriend equals no girlfriend or something like that. And I just laughed hysterically. <laughs> I don't know. They, there's some really funny ones out there. I've been reading about, I don't know why I brought that up. That's kind of a tangent just because it's been bringing me, I've been going back and reading other people's comments and it just, just blows my mind how funny it is. Yeah. But it's not about other people, is it? It's about you. Yeah. And it's about miles and it's yes. about 36 kids in Africa. So yes. hundred percent. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we're so so. Uh, I wanted you to take the proper time that you needed to tell us about Leroy, and that's a total bummer. And I'm sorry for your loss. Uh-huh. I'm not joking around. I'm a yeah. dog guy. I yeah. I uh, if I, I have about eight to ten years before one of my dogs are going to reach that expiration date, and it's yeah. going to be like burying a kid. Man, I get it. I totally understand yeah, it. Absolutely. But uh, but let's let's uh. Let's move on. You went yeah. to Africa. You watched Twenty Two Jump Street because you guys suck at picking movies. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, even even before here. that, even before that. So I, I I go to get the goat cremated, and as I'm okay. I'm going that same day, my my team. So the day after Miles passed, they said we know this is too soon, but they had a list. They knew it was going to happen. They had a list of goats already picked out that they knew what what I look for in a goat, and and so they they picked out a. <laughs> They had a list. So what I look for in a goat. <laughs> yes. Well, th- 
the the list is pretty short. They need to be bottle fed or around people. They need to have horns so that they can protect themselves if some kind of tactus. And they needed to be a bigger goat, like an alpine. And they had to be at least okay. three years old. At least three years old. So okay. they had already searched all over America. They gave me a list of five goats. I found this goat. So on the day of his of Leroy's cremation, I'm gonna drive down and pick up Miles. I had ch- chosen this one. We'd set on it, set on it, and this was it. So two things. One, have you ever heard that stupid song by Wiz Khalifa and somebody else? It's like a long ride home or last ride or something. It's about Paul Walker in the Fast and Furious movie, how he ends up dying or something. Have you heard of the, Have you heard this song? I may have. I'm not a big pop music guy. Good. Don't like it. Don't like it. However, I'm at Tim Hortons. I'm going to the the cremation. I stop to get a coffee. Uh That stupid song comes on the radio, and I lose it. I start crying. I mean, like, soul cry. Like, (laughs) like, like. I'm at Tim Hortons. People are staring at me. I'm waiting for my coffee. I'm listening to a song by Wiz Khalifa, and I'm weeping at Tim Hortons. Really embarrassing oh, moment, but super funny. Now, <laughs> I will. I will take you. I will here. Now I'm going to be that jerk that's the one upper. But here we go. <clears throat> um, iPod full of music. Yeah. Gigs upon gigs upon gigs of music. Okay? Yes. Yes. My father passes away in 2007 yes. with cancer. Right? Okay, yeah. Deal, dealing with uh, all the funeral arrangements and stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And he dies on a Tuesday. I bury him on a Saturday. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't, I didn't listen to music for probably two straight weeks because I'm busy. I'm busy figuring out how to bury my dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was there when he passed. I spent the next five days dealing with the funeral arrangements, getting that all taken care of. Yeah. Buried the guy. Saturday after the funeral came and went still not ready for music Sunday came and went uh, Monday I decided okay I'm gonna go back to work later this week but not yet uh-huh. uh, but I'm but I'm finally gonna throw on my iPod so I throw my iPod in and I hit random shuffle okay <laughs> you ready for the song and all these Light up ahead from further seems forever. Oh no, dude! My dad died nine years ago. I still can't hear that song. Oh, that absolutely crushed my head. I heard that song and I just i I never cried so hard in my life. Oh. And I'm and I, 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 I'm I'm feeling man. You got me. You got me feeling the feels right now. The, the feel. You're feeling feelings. You're feeling your feelings. Yep. From a goat. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. So I I go there and it's a very it's like a scary movie. The 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 you watch it on a monitor. It's in the room next to you, but they don't let you actually watch it physically go in. He I had to have an autopsy on him so I could make sure I knew exactly what he because I have a lot of critics and people like PETA type people kind of uh oh okay c- come after me. I had to have um an autopsy done just so I could say, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it wasn't something that I did, and we have medical proof of what happened and things like that. So, Pete, seriously, Peta was going to climb all over you for goat abuse, really? I, I, on the regular, I get people repeat reporting me to Peta on the regular. On, really? On the regular, people report me to Peta all the time. They just they don't they don't know anything about goats. They don't know anything really, and they just throw so much my way it's ridiculous uh that's a shame yeah you know you get a lot of shade you get a lot of shade when you try something different you know yeah so um i it's you're in this room it's very sterile you know i'm I'm sitting there you're watching it on this screen and it's like it's it's a wi-fi connection so it's kind of like patchy and it's like coming in and out and it's like the weird lines and it's like looks like an old vhs kind of thing and i'm just like Uh it was just scary and they kind of it's a weird angle where the camera's at and it's kind of you just it's the craziest thing anyways you have to wait for the ashes to cool down before you can take it so you go in this office and then they they basically have it in this paper bag uh and then there's a, a, a box in there, and the box is still hot. And uh, you, you pick up this thing, and it's just like this moment of your life. You're like, what? This is him now. You know, this is what's left of my friend. And then I, yeah. bu- I buckled him up in the car, and we drove down and picked up Miles. And, uh, you know, and then we, Miles and I walked for two weeks, and then that whole thing where I ended up having to go to Africa happened, and... Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, I never really properly bonded in the beginning with the new goat. And I think I will always, he will always be second best, obviously. But, um, you know, it's, I'm happy to be where we're at right now with our, my relationship with the goat. We're we're bonding, we're friends now, and it's it, I even I make myself laugh on a daily basis just realizing that my because <laughs> your life is kind of insane on paper. <laughs> like <laughs> people who might be hearing this for the first time are going to be like, "Why is this dude on the podcast? Why?" Like <laughs> I don't know, whatever, man. It's I, it's called as the story grows. Nobody has a more interesting story than you. So far. <laughs> Like I always, I always ask musicians like now that it's all done and you're done touring and everything, what do you do for a living? I'm actually very curious to hear that like Bruce from Living Sacrifice works for a merchandise company. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of actually makes sense. Or, yeah. or one, one dude, uh, started his own business and he, and he designed he like build manufacturers and builds restaurants for a Domino's chain. Oh wow. That's really cool. How'd oh, wow. you get into that? Like you, nobody beats your story, bro. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's just crazy. So, so I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. So uh, we walked from Columbus down to D.C., you know. We're 
headed up from DC. We're about 219 miles from Times Square, which is the finish part of that. I should be done yeah. first week in October. Um, and then I take a team to Africa so we can see the land we bought and the, pro the progress on it and, and uh, things like that. You know, the next step is really just finish the documentary, finish the book. You know, if we get get speaking events from this and different things like that, try and, you know, maximize the last four years and uh, of what we've built and maximize that effort by hopefully with some payoff financially, not to me, but for the orphanage through the book and, and the documentary sure. And, sure. and just see what happens from there. But what comes next, I really don't know. I just, I don't know what to do next as far as like really continuing the story and, and being an ambassador for the project and for mm. Uzima. But I think as, as personally for me, I'm really ready to um, not be the goat guy, you know, and, and, and I'm, I, I look forward to bills because there's something secure into knowing you cannot go do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's a different look at it because people are like, I can't go do anything. I have to stay here. I have bills. I have all this stuff. But man, to me, that almost feels like a security blanket. You know, I've been living on the road for so many years of my life that there has never been any. Think about this. Think about a ship that doesn't have an anchor. Right. If a ship does not have an anchor, it's never safe. It's there's never you can't just sit at a harbor. You have to keep going. And I feel like it's, my It's funny. It's funny though because you're talking to a guy, you're talking to a ship that has about 11 anchors. <laughs> and frankly, walking walking through Colorado, walking through the Rockies with a goat sounds kind of awesome. Yes. It, I mean, it, you know, you don't mean, you know, you don't mean to neglect a wife or kids or responsibilities. Yeah, or anything, yeah. But to to just not to just be able to use a pilgrim's progress uh, analogy to oh, be able yeah. to drop that to be able to drop that weight would yeah. feel kind of amazing. Yeah. But now you're speaking to a guy who dropped the weight and he's like, I'm kind of ready for bills and a job. So yes. <laughs> it's like that's that's the human that's the human condition, man. We're always curious about yeah, okay, but what's on your plate? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's just exactly. How we roll, dude. You know, I mean, I think it's just, I think I'm at a, I mean, for me, I'm, I, a lot of people have been doing that for so long. You know, I'm 37 and I've never had a steady real job. I've always been either touring or, you know, on the road some way in my life. And, and the, the only thing I can just equate that is to a ship without an anchor and, and yes, you're, you're meant, a ship is meant to sail the high seas. And I think we are all meant to go out and adventure and I think all of us need that to really you know so that the, so that the anchor the safety of the anchor will feel like how I feel about it you know and right. not not the anchor won't be uh, a problem but it'll be a blessing you know what I'm saying that's the anchor that's what an anchor is supposed to be it's supposed to be like security safety a blessing oh relief from the storm almost relief right. from the right. seas and I think when you live it when your life sometimes tends to live in the safety of the anchor and that ship never makes the high seas you you start to hate the anchor and you hate the security and stuff like that so I absolutely I will limit 
you know, how many things I have weighing me down. I just will. I, I probably will never have like a ton of responsibilities where I couldn't be available to like, oh, wait, okay, we're moving to Africa or, you know, something like that. I, I will hopefully have enough, you know, um, freedom to be able to do something that if I'm ever called to something like that. But I, I will, I got to say, I'm excited for a season of just, you know, having a child of my own and, and mentoring okay. the next, me- mentoring the next generation of people that are going to make a difference, you know? And, and the other thing is, is like, I want to build Uzima up so secure and so strong that the next person that's going to take over this ministry that we've created and we've built will have something stable to really take it to that next level. You know what I'm saying? We'll, like, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll actually walk in on an established job Yes. yes. rather than complete willy-nilly, I'm not exactly sure <laughs> how Bu- we're going to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Building it from the ground up. I want to leave them with something that they can be like, okay, you guys did a great job. Let's take it to this level. Let's do this. You know, And, and, um, yeah. and I think that just comes with, you know, time. All of this just takes a lot of time, and and that's what we're. That's our most precious commodity. I mean, if you think about it, everything wants our time. Our Facebook, our friends, our s- cell phones. Everything wants our time, and so we've chosen to invest our time into this orphanage and these kids and and yeah, this. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let me. Let, let's let's bring this thing in for a landing. Not that we're short on time, but yep. I mean, there might be somebody who listened to this entire conversation and they're still like, "What is he doing? Yes. Like, why don't you why don't you explain what's going on?" Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's here's all of this crazy story comes down to this. Uh, May second, two thousand and twelve. I started walking across America for an orphanage that my best friend started in Nairobi, Kenya. We started the Space Needle in Seattle, Washington, and the goal is to get to Times Square, New York City. Um, I started with a goat named Leroy, and after he passed, I got a goat named Miles. Um, The idea was just to go from city to city and tell the story. It's not about soliciting money. It's just about telling the story, and if somebody wanted to get involved, then we were going to give them an opportunity to be a part of what we were doing. Um, So currently, right now, we have 36 kids on a half acre. As of uh, yesterday, um, I have broke the $100,000 mark in funds raised. We are currently buying two acres of land, putting a well in it, putting um, a, a fence around it. Hopefully, we'll be having, we'll start farming by the end of this year. And um, the idea is just to try and be as self-sufficient as possible. So, yeah, that's the the long, short version of what I do. That's all right. What's the story with these thirty-six kids? What are their What are their situations specifically? A- absolutely. So we work in a slum in Nairobi called Kalangwari, and a lot of these kids are just abandoned. Um, not mm. just drug, not not or not just AIDS, but it's drugs is a big big problem. So. Mm-hmm. We worked with, um, we also have an adult rehab and we also have a drop-in center in the slums. But, you know, in the beginning, we just started seeing kids and rescuing them. Um, now we've become an official um, uh, CCI organization, NGO. And um, basically what 
the, the government now places kids with us and um, we have, we have, wow. we could have hundreds of kids if we had the room, but right now we just have a few. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah. 100%. Amazing story for one, one of my favorites. Honestly, it's, I, I mean, dude, gut, I mean, laughing out loud all the way to gut wrenching. And I actually teared up a little bit that this is, this is amazing yes. what you're doing. Thank you. And I know that you want all you want, you want absolutely no accolades or yes. no glory goes to yes. you. You're doing it because yes, you just felt a tug on your heart to do it, yes. which makes it even more beautiful. So, right on. um, we're not hitting anybody up for money. This is just nope. a podcast. This is, this is yep. just you and me sitting around babbling. But, uh, Love if it. anybody, if anybody, felt the tug on their heartstrings yeah tell them where to go tell them yeah. tell them uh, where to go and what to look at and then and then i'll let you go yeah absolutely so um needle two square.com and it's the number two um i'm sure you'll be linking it up in the podcast but if you, you just google guy walking with goat you'll see about a million <laughs> articles about us and hundreds of pictures <laughs> um we're we're pretty much everywhere on the internet we got instagram and snapchat youtube facebook um all of those things twitter and whatnot so yeah please come come hit me up and uh i can't wait to hear what you do with this podcast and and honestly Here's the thing. I usually don't care who's interviewing me, but I will say this. After having this conversation with you and how in-depth it was and hearing part of your story, I'm going to go back and start listening to your podcasts and putting them on my iPod for when I walk. Just because of, of this moment, you seem like a really cool guy. And, and I appreciate um, more of the personal interviews as over just the facts of my project. That's why I'm doing this. Right on, brother. Right on. Yeah, man. I, <clears throat> I've been saying for a long time that I think it would be in a musician's best interest, instead of telling me how great they are, why don't you come on and talk for an hour uh-huh. and just prove how nice of a guy you are? Because, like, don't you, don't you go listen to your friends' bands and people that you know? Don't you, aren't you more interested in what they're doing because of the connection? 100%. Hundred well, percent. Duh, duh. Why isn't everybody doing podcasts? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Your story, your story touched my heart, and that's just because my friend Scott, yeah, told me about it and was like, had he was resonating with like this means a lot to me. Yeah. You should check this out. Yeah. Oh, okay. As opposed to there's some dude walking across the country with a goat trying to raise money for kids in Africa. Yeah. Oh, good for him. I might even throw you 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah but yeah. honestly, how many you can, again, you can Google that kind of stuff. Uh, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now people might cause they heard your story. So exactly. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm honored that you took the time to, to talk to me. I know you got 10,000 things and everybody <laughs> wants to talk to you everywhere you go. So yes. thanks for the time. And I'm going to link everything up in there. And I know you're not walking past my house on the way to New York, but one day, God willing, I get to meet you. Yeah, and shake your hand, man. absolutely. That'd be awesome, man. I'm th- thank you again, brother. You got it, man. All right. Uh, take care and be in touch. Okay? Right. Be safe out there. All right. Later, man. Watch the tornadoes. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Meaner than a junkyard dog. We're Friday, about a week ago.
fighting They went and pulled down from the floor Leroy looked like a jigsaw puzzle With a couple of pieces gone Take care. Bye-bye.